Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the 5-Minute English Boost. In the midst of everything that our country is going through, I hope, I truly am hoping that you're safe, that your family is safe, and that you're able to maintain some kind of a life routine. Even the most minor and insignificant there is, anything that helps you feel a little calmer and a little more in control and that perhaps brings back a little bit of that sense of control and sanity that had been taken away from us. I'll share with you that in the past month and a half, I've been here in the United States, in New York City, and of course, I'm following very closely on everything that's happening. And I have to say, I don't know how comforting that is, that I have never seen Israel being so significant to Americans the way it is now, the way it is present now on the news, on the streets, in the general discourse. In fact, just yesterday, I attended a rally uh, that was held in support of the hostages, the Israeli hostages held by Hamas. It was held on Times Square. It was huge. Uh, there was a lot of motion going around. Uh, a lot of people were asking questions, showing their empathy. A lot of outsiders, you know, just walk-in passengers. Uh, it was really emotional to see and witness that. Today's episode, as per your request on WhatsApp is how to manage disagreements in English using tools from the world of debate. It's such a crucial, crucial tool to have, especially nowadays when our disagreements revolve around things that truly matter to us. Is there a better slash worse way to do that? Short answer is yes. And learning how to do it better will not ensure that you'll always convince the other side or you'll always be heard and listened to, but it will increase your chances. Uh, and that alone is so much. All right, so I'm going to be showing you several steps on how to do that. It's, it's, it's a really clear methodology. And the lesson summary, Sikumashiu, will be available to you upon request. Let's get started. When we are in a dispute, machloket, or an argument, whatever you call it, and our counterpart is claiming something, the first thing we must be able to do and practice doing is the identification and extraction of the essence of the mahout of what my counterpart is saying. In other words, we're separating what they're saying from what they're actually saying. Let me give you an example. If I tell you that Hamas's actions are horrifying yet understandable in light of everything that Palestinians have been going through and have suffered from the Israeli government, what I'm actually saying is that there are circumstances under which 
terror is justified. This is exactly the difference between what people say and what they're actually saying and identifying and extracting the essence of what they're saying is the first thing in having a conversation. And once we identify that, we want to empathize with their statement and mirror it back to them. Going back to my example, now myself as the other side of the conversation will be saying something like, okay, I see what you're saying. You are mentioning that the Palestinians have suffered so much over the years. Therefore, Hamas's actions, horrifying, terroristic, unbelievable as they are, are understandable in the context of everything that Palestinians have gone through, in the context of everything that oppressed people have been going through. Please note, empathizing with the other person does not mean, oh, I I agree with you, or yeah, you're right, oh, I see. Instead, empathizing is merely saying to the other person, I understand, I've listened to you. I've listened to what you said. I understand where you're coming from. I see your point of view. And then mirror that point of view back to them. Now, מרגע ששיקפנו את הפוינט של הפרטנר שלי אליו, I am waiting for their approval, for their agreement. Meaning, what you're saying is ta-da-da-da-da, correct? I'm waiting for the yes or the head nod or any other sign or clue that will indicate that my partner agrees with my reflection. Why is it so important? One, because once your partner agrees with your mirroring, they'll feel like they have been listened to by you. And you'll very likely get the same respect in return when you speak. Two, you really want to make sure that you understand what your partner is saying, the essence of what they're saying. Oftentimes, people argue over claims they haven't fully realized and understood. Um, so, So mirroring that back to them is a crucial step in making sure that we understand what my partner is telling me. And the final reason, right, why mirroring and waiting for approval is important is that if your counterpart constantly disagrees with your mirrors, with your shikufim, you might find out that you're having an argument with a person who doesn't even know what they are claiming, If they're unable to hear their words put by someone else, they might actually have to clarify their views to themselves first before having arguments and disputes over those views. And sometimes that alone would be an important reflection, right? Like mirroring that very fact alone, saying something like, look, I've been listening to every word you said Yet when I reflect your words back to you, you never seem to agree, which means to be perfectly honest, you might need to clarify those claims to yourself first. Otherwise, you know, I have to admit I cannot have a conversation over them. Okay, we identified and extracted the essence. 
uh, we empathized with our my counterpart and we mirrored it back to them and we got their agreement. Now, listen up because it is the most important step of our process. It's called laying out the 80% base that we actually agree on while revealing the crucial 20% that my partner is not aware of. For example, one of the claims that is often heard by people is that Palestinians have been oppressed by the Israeli government, have been denied of their most basic human and national rights, and that, of course, terror is terrible, but the terror that Palestinians have been going through for decades is nothing short of horrifying and as bad as what Israelis are going through now. Okay, that's the claim. We've heard it a lot. What is the 80% base that we agree on with a person who claims something like that? Well, the 80% base we agree on, which I'm sure we all agree on, is that Palestinians' human rights should not be denied of them and that denying people of their most basic human rights and needs is indeed terror. It should not be denied of anyone, be it, be it a Palestinian, Israeli, doesn't matter, simply because they're humans. Yet, what is the crucial 20% that my partner might be blinded about slash unaware of that I want to reveal here? That the rights that have been denied of them have not been denied by the state of Israel, but rather by the Hamas organization. We agree that Palestinians have been victimized along the years, but truly by whom? Who is the real victimizer here? And now, right, I could be giving and providing support to why I think Hamas is extremely harmful to Palestinians and have been terrorizing the Palestinians for years, right? And that would not be hard to prove. But when I do that, when I separate the wheat from the chaff, I do two crucial things. One is I identify the common base that I'm sharing with the other person. Because oftentimes we're going to find out that we're driven from the exact same places. Yet when I reveal the 20% we actually disagree on, I am touching the real essence of our dispute. In the debate world, we call it the clash. It's discussing the thing that truly sets us apart and creating, therefore, a real opportunity for a conversation to take place. Palestinians, because this is bright and clear. Palestinians are korban, right? And when I do that, I am really talking about the things that matter and the things that can create a change in my partner's views, in other people's views, 
or even just for the sake of having that clarified and laid out. And then the final step is simply supporting that claim of mine, right? In that case, I've claimed that the true victimizer of the Palestinians is Hamas. Now I need to support that claim. Now, how do we support a claim? We use usually around one to three backup arguments from different fields. Meaning, if I say Hamas is the Palestinians' victimizer, and as a reason I'm saying, look, just see what they do to women, to LGBTQ people. Do you think a transgender person would be able to live in the streets of Gaza? Why don't we see any women in power? What do you think would be the fate of a woman who wants to divorce her husband and live freely? What do you think will happen to her in Gaza? Right? All of these arguments are actually one. If I were to put an umbrella above all of these words, that umbrella would be called probably the denial of liberal human rights, especially for minorities. Now, when I want to make a rich layered claim, I never want to rely only on one supporting argument. Instead, I want to now look for something of another field. Right? minorities, the women, that would be more of the same. What could be something of another field, of another kind? Maybe mentioning that Hamas has been getting so much money from the Israeli government, right? So much money to support the, the Gaza Strip, yet the Gaza Strip is in one of the most terrible, horrifying financial states ever, while Hamas is making a revenue of $1 billion a year. That is a financial argument that is basically asking, where is all this money going to? And if Hamas truly cares about its people, why is all the money going to them instead of people like it should be give statements of different categories so that even one is argued upon and disagreed upon there are so many more to support you guys this is it i hope this episode gave you an outlook of how most of the disputes conversations arguments we hold are held upon Things that are agreed by both sides, which is why it is crucial to find that line, that thin line that we disagree on and there focus our attention and our conversation. And just remember, you're not only you're not always going to be able to convince the other side. In fact, convincing others in today's era is almost an impossible mission. Uh, we're in the era of fake news, of everybody being so certain without check, checking the facts. Look, it's, it's, it's a hard field to win. But it's not only, always the goal. Sometimes the goal is simply to have a conversation between people, understanding someone else's side, 
while being able to clearly explain yours and to clearly back up your thoughts. That way, even when you're not convincing the other person, because it really doesn't depend on you, at least the other side cannot say, oh, they're just saying things. They're just saying it because they feel like it or because they saw it on Instagram. Mm-mm, honey. They say things that they can support, that they can back up. Thank you so much for being with me today, guys. I am hoping for better days and I'm sending every piece of love and prayer there is to our soldiers, to our communities, to our people. I look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, take care. Bye-bye.